Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Rackliff Show. Wahoo wah. Hey, this is Jerry Rackliff. Welcome to an- another edition of The Jerry Rackliff Show with my co-host, Chris Graham. Uh, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. And Before we get started, we'd like to uh, thank all of our sponsors uh, of the podcast. Greenberry's Coffee, the official coffee of jerryrackliff.com. Please go by and visit those po- folks and, and look up their advertisement on our website because you can win free coffee for a year. Uh, what a deal that is. And um, also uh, UVA, UVA Orthopedics and the Aberdeen Barn. How could I forget? <laughs> One of my favorite places in the world, man, to go over there and grab a steak and uh, enjoy the atmosphere. And uh, here at jerryrackliff.com, we'd also like to welcome uh, and, and introduce a new sponsor. Uh, needs no uh, introduction to the community because they've been around since 1927, I believe. That's right. And we're going to bring in their CEO and managing broker, uh, Michael Guthrie, who everybody knows not only from real estate, but the UVA sports scene and uh, just Charlottesville in general. Michael, good afternoon. Hey, it's so great to uh, be with you guys, Chris. It's great to, to meet you. And, uh, you know, it's just so funny how things come together. Uh, Howard Hanna Roy Wheeler Realty Company obviously is very excited about uh, being a sponsor. And, and, and we were one of your initial sponsors back in the day. It's so great uh, to be back in the saddle with you. But uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, my wife and I and some dear friends from uh, gosh, almost 50 years ago when I was here at the university, we had dinner at Aberdeen Barn last night. And, uh, and I, can, I can echo exactly what you said, that, that, that you know, the environment is still the same. The food was as good, if not better. The service was amazing. Um, you know, Andrea and her whole crowd just do such a great job uh, in making people feel so welcome and so special. And, and it just brings you back, back to the days, that's for sure. It really does. Uh, my introduction to the Aberdeen Barn uh, came through uh, Joe Palumbo and Joe Geek and Frank McHugh and all those guys. We'd have some uh, special dinners there. And then when UVA hosted, when this was back when UVA was one of the top teams in the country for a span there in football. And uh, anytime there was a huge game, the ACC would come in and uh, throw a big dinner for all the media that was there, always at the barn. And um Gosh, so many special moments. Uh, we'd see George Welsh in there and, and uh, do all kinds of special things. Uh, any athlete, I guess, from that era, who was uh, worth their salt, uh, were entertained there often, I think, on recruiting trips and things like that. Uh, so well, that, may be, that may be why Chris Slade came back to be a coach, so that he could, you know, <laughs> continue to eat at the Aberdeen Barn. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Uh, he loves that place. Um yeah, I'm forever in debt to you, Michael. Uh, you guys were my first sponsor when I started this business back in late 2018 and uh, showing a blind faith in me that I was be able to do something and so happy that uh, moving forward here that we're, uh, we have incredible readership now and uh, this podcast uh, along with Chris is uh, really popular with UVA fans. And so, uh, Thank you for that uh, initial uh, leap of faith and, and for your renewal here. We really appreciate you and Howard Hanna, uh, Roy Wheeler Realty. Uh, That's a mouthful, isn't it? 
It is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, but the cool thing, the cool thing about that, Jerry, is I'm just so grateful that, you know, Howard Hanna wants to keep the name because they know that we, like you said, we've been around since 1927 and uh, we, we've been around since 1927 because we've had to adapt to every market, good and bad. And, uh, and Howard Hanna, when they, when we worked it out uh, to do this merger, uh, they felt very strongly that that name needed to stay in place uh, because of the wonderful reputation that it's had for, for, for so long. And, and now currently, you know, 98% of the people uh, that work with us say they'd recommend us to their friends and family. And, and that's, as you know, that's what it's all about, relationships. Uh, you know, you have done such a great job in building relationships so that you, when you pick up the phone and you call somebody and say, hey, I'd love to have you on the show, they, you know, they say yes, because, because of the relationship that you have with them. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm sure that and you, you're not going to say it uh, out loud, but I know there are people that that wouldn't be interviewed by anybody else, but they'll be interviewed by you because of the relationship you built with them over, you know, decades. And uh, so well done. And um, again, we're happy to be here. Well, thank you. And uh, I think if you think real estate in, in central Virginia, you, you think Roy Wheeler and how now Howard Hanna, Roy Wheeler, uh, you guys have been a staple here forever. And uh, I think everybody in this community is well aware of that. Uh, let's move forward to, I know you're not only a real estate guy and expert, but, um, you're an avid sports fan, particularly UVA sports, uh, your alma mater and, uh, what an exciting weekend we have coming up, Michael, uh, what of all the sporting events that we've got coming in here, let's see, we got the big track and field meet. We got UVA Carolina, huge baseball series beginning tonight through Sunday, got the spring game tomorrow. A lot of UVA former football players are in town back for their reunion. Uh, what, uh, are you going to try to cover all the bases? <laughs> well, I don't know about covering all the bases because, uh, as you know, I got a lot of other things that that, that I'm doing. Um, unfortunately, I've got a – not unfortunately, because I'm very grateful to be part of the Abundant Life uh, uh, nonprofit uh, ministry here in town. I'm on their board, and we've got our board retreat tomorrow. They obviously did not look at the sports calendar uh, when they uh, decided on the uh, when the when the retreat was, but uh, uh, but definitely going to get to baseball tonight. I, I I would have to say, as I was saying to Chris earlier, I just love this weekend because I can go up and go to the baseball game, but I can go down and I can watch the mile being run in the UVA Challenge, or you know, oftentimes lacrosse is in town uh, their way this week, obviously with Syracuse, but you know, softball's in place and just to be able to bounce around and, and, and see uh, just uh, the incredible um, uh, talent. And especially the, the, the track is so cool because they get, they get teams from all over the country that, that, uh, that come here and, and you've got all these tents that are all, you know, situated around the track. And so you can literally walk through and, and, and see all the different, uh, you know, teams and stuff. And you literally are, you know, between the fence and the tent and, um, and so as you're walking through, you can hear coaches encouraging athletes and things like that. And you can watch, you know, the back and forth. But I have to say baseball is my uh, my favorite because uh, it's just a place where I can go and just relax and uh, and watch good baseball. But at the same time, it's the it's a sport that you really can sit and have conversations with people, you know, in between yelling at the umpires or, you know, cheering somebody on or, or, or something like that. You know, I'm a former umpire before former high school and college uh, basketball official. And, uh, uh, you know, I still need to help them, 
you know, I got to make sure that they understand that they might've missed that one. And, and, uh, that I think the guy put the tag on him or that pitch was in the strike zone. So, but no, seriously, just to have a chance to just, you know, chat with people during, during different times and, and, and invite people in, um, to enjoy a nice evening like tonight's going to be, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, couldn't have timed it better weather-wise, I don't think. Um, this baseball team is uh, it's it's been an interesting season. They started off red hot, uh, have cooled off a little bit over the last uh, week and a half, I guess two weeks. Um, but they're not done. There's a lot of good baseball to be played, and uh, I, I think these guys will probably get back in their groove here. Well, I think you said it the best just earlier on that this is a huge series. Um, you know, they're coming off of two tough ACC series um, and they were rolling, right? Everybody thought that, that you know, they would at least, you know, win or if not um, uh, win the series in Miami and, and didn't. And, um, uh, and then, you know, they've lost that heartbreaker at VCU the other night, um, but they're loaded. I mean, they are so good. I, I, you know, what do I know? But I, I think this is like, what would you call it? Uh, like a lot of teams have like a little mid-season slump. And and when they've been so good, both on the mound and defensively and at the at the plate, I think you get in a slump like that. And, and just like they fed off each other early on, I think they're, you know, they're, there's a pressure. I got to, I got to, I got to step up and do something for us here to get us out of this. And so everybody's pressing. And when you're pressing, you make errors and you don't pitch as free. And uh, maybe you go after a pitch that that you wouldn't normally you would have sat back on, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, there's nobody that I think is in a better spot to handle that than 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 coach. Um, you know, Brian has just done a phenomenal job and and Mac. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that uh, that this weekend will be a turning point for them. And they'll 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 go back to playing the way they were playing uh, prior to you know, um, the bumps and bruises at Miami and at Pitt. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, this is this is the perfect opportunity for them to get back on uh, the winning path again. And uh, I think uh, sometimes Carolina brings out the best in this this program for some reason. I don't know if it's the rivalry or, or what it is, but uh, this is a great opportunity for these guys to reestablish themselves and get hot again, no question about it. Um, you know, Jerry, I don't, I don't know where you want to go with this. And, uh, you know, uh, you just cut me off whenever you want to cut me off. But I do think this is also an interesting week as it relates to uh, Kie coming back. And I, I'm a fan of Kie's. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's done amazing things for the program. I just didn't think I didn't think for the last couple of years he's had the right people around him. And, you know, with the new guys coming in and the guys who are staying, you know, I, I think next year is going to be pretty special. But I was thinking about it. Um, you know, when, when he was coming back and Kie kind of is like a, a political party at this particular point. <laughs> it really is. And, and, and what I mean by that is years ago, I took off any bumper stickers on my car uh, that said, you know, Republican or Democrat or whatever, because running a company like I do at Howard Hanna Roy Wheeler, you know, I've got a hundred agents that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage and help them with their business. And if I'm, I've got something in my car, 50% of people are going to be mad at me. And some of those 50% are going to say, I'm not going to do business with that company because that guy is for this person or that person or whatever. And I, I just kind of feel like that's that's kind of where Kia is. You, you've got people who are just so for him and then they're just so against him. And here's a guy that, you know, you look at his numbers 
and and they're extraordinary, you know. And uh, you, normally you would just be so excited about having somebody like that back. And I personally, um, uh, I'm I'm happy about it, and I think he's going to have you know a new kind of cast of character around, and he can play the game that he's best at. And I, I'm just curious as to what your what your thoughts are. I mean, you're certainly hearing from a lot more people than I am. Yeah, I've had I've had some interesting arguments with people uh, about this uh, over the past two years, really. And uh, I'm a Kihei fan. I, I know he's got flaws, but uh, who doesn't on on any team? Um, I think uh, his positives really outweigh any negatives. Uh, and I think um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of player he shows up as come October because. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to work really hard on his game and particularly his perimeter shot this year. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's really good at setting up the offense and getting the ball into the hands of the right people in the right place. Uh, he plays really good defense. Uh, he's a good passer. Um, yeah, I, I know he's he, he does, he's creates shots for other people. He doesn't necessarily create them for himself that much, but He's got other people on the team that can do that or, or will, I think, this fall. Uh, I think uh, – and he's a bulldog on defense. Um, we all know that from his freshman year when uh, he aggravated Ty, uh, Ty Jerome so much in practice that Ty lost his cool and threw the base the basketball at Key Hayes' head and screamed at him. So <laughs> that shows you how much of a bulldog he can be. But um, – I think it's a good thing that, that he's coming back, and I think yeah. it's going to be, uh, pay big benefits for Virginia this coming season. Uh, well, I know you're. I know you're. This is your show. But I, I find myself asking you questions, but <laughs> the other question I have for you, and you, then you can kick me off. Um, you think Jay Jay Wright is a? Um, do you think that's a result of the transfer portal that he just is is tired of? You know, because I'm I'm hearing from so many coaches that you know it's just so frustrating now. Uh, you know, trying to keep people and then trying to attract people because you lost people and whatever. And I, I just, I just, you know, I just, your take on that, as far as some of these coaches, you know, coach K coach Williams, you know, all these people who are you know, retiring. And I, 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 I would think that that has to play into it. I wonder that myself, uh, Michael I, and Chris can weigh in on this too, if you'd like. Um, Coaching is not what it used to be. I, <laughs> Hey, uh, I saw Seth uh, Greenberg's uh, comment the other day about, uh, and he's been out of the game for a few years now as a coach, but he was talking about he, he could count on one hand the, the true vacations he had during his coaching career, that he was always having to go recruit or, or babysit a, a commitment or uh, whatnot. And it's, it's only uh, multiplied now with the NIL and the transfer portal, these guys hardly ever get a rest because you know, they have to run camps. They have recruiting seasons. Uh, I mean, it's it's a never-ending job in that regards. And people complain about the money they make. Well, that's, you know, they earn it because the hours they put in are incredible. And time spent away from family, um, that's going to increase as well with, with the transfer portal because – you know, now that's a, a whole new recruiting season that they never had to deal with before. And that's the exactly NIL, right. the NIL to me is uh, until they put uh, some restrictions and a cap on these things, it's, it's legalized cheating in my book. 
and I've heard a lot of coaches say that. And it's, it's being abused by a lot of coaches because there aren't any restrictions. And, you know, when, when the leader of the game, of the game Nick Saban, says, uh, you know, you, you want to you get into uh, bidding wars with the NIL, well, we'll show you some bidding wars because, you know, they can do that if they want to. Uh, so it, it's, it's clearly flustered all the, all the coaches in the country. I, I don't know any coaches that are against kids making some money, but they don't want it to be the uh, dominating factor in, in whether a kid goes to a school or not. And, uh, and just put some restrictions on it. I mean, for gosh sakes, uh, Arch Manning's value in the NIL is, is, I read the other day, is $2 million a year. If he wanted to go that route, I don't think he's that kind of kid. But, uh, I mean, they've got to get this thing under control or it's going to devour college athletics, in my opinion. Chris, you have an opinion on this? I'll throw one other name out there as being maybe being impacted by this. Uh, we were all shocked last December when Bronco Mendenhall stepped down. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there may not be something similar in his thinking that, Hey, this, this, this has passed me by. I mean, you think about, you know, guys like Bronco, Tony Bennett are, you know, are, are, are impacted by this as well. Tony is so much like Jay Wright. Their programs are built on guys being there for at least three or four years to, so they can, you know, learn the system, get better, get stronger in the weight room, that kind of thing. Um, the, the, this new era, the transfer portal era, the NIL era benefits those AAU type coaches who don't care if they have to recruit a new team every year. I'll say, I'll throw Steve Forbes name out there. The, the Wake Forest coach, he's made it clear. I'll recruit a new team every year if I have to. Um, th those guys have the advantage. Uh, the John Calipari's have the advantage in this system and guys like Tony and Jay Wright are disadvantaged in this system. Uh, and, um, another point I was thinking about too is, uh, you know, we wonder how much impact the NIL may have had on a recent recruit for Virginia uh, who was apparently headed this way. Uh, everybody thought so, even the UVA coaches, I believe. Uh, last minute, he changes his mind. Uh, he still hasn't, to my knowledge, announced where he's going, but I have a feeling that NIL had a role to play in that. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's they've got to get a grip on it. Uh, it's just a, it's a wild, wild west right now, and there, there are no rules of, of anything to govern the entire. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I think it was um, uh, Virginia Tech coach Mike Young. Is that that's his name, right? Yes, good guy. Yeah, yeah, and and he um, when this first started, you know, he said he sat his players down, and the players were all excited about this NIL, and he said, "How excited are you going to be when the guy's sitting on the bench?" is making X amount of dollars and, and you're not, and you're playing, are you still going to be excited? Because, you know, there are folks that, you know, not maybe not as much of Virginia Tech, but Alabama or Georgia or someplace that they come in and before they've thrown a football or run a, run a down, you know, they're being endorsed and whatever. And then all of a sudden they're not the player that for whatever reason they were called out to be. And you got somebody else on the field. Uh, you know, how do you create that synergy, that team, you know, unity. And, and Chris, going back to what you said about Bronco, I mean, think about, you know, an NAI, NIL player coming in and, and you tell him he doesn't have a jersey yet. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a number to, to you know, to endorse, right? And, um, you know, guys going, wait a minute, I'm coming here because I want to make X amount of dollars. I, you got to tell me what my number is, you know? So you, you may be right that he just saw 
this this thing has passed me by in the way that I think is the proper way to coach. And, um, you know, you know, we'll just have to see. But I do know, as you know, Jerry, I have really good relationships with a number of the coaches and um, I'm grateful for that. Um, and I know they're tired, you know, and like you said, it's just another season that's been added to. Uh, I talked to a coach the other day. He said, I've never been busier than I've ever been before. Um, so. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, I, I, I hated to see this. I, I predicted when all this came out and a lot of people disagreed with me, but I, I predicted then that if it's not regulated, it's going to destroy college athletics. And uh, I, we're headed that way until somebody steps up and does something. And I, I don't know who that's going to be. It's not going to be the NCAA, apparently. They want Congress to do it. Uh, Congress has other things to do, I think, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, right now, it's just spiraling out of control, and it's not. Good. Well, and it just it just brings it back to what we talked about at the very beginning about relationships, and uh, you know, the real estate business is is in a similar place where you know technology is just you know people ninety percent of people are looking at at real estate online before they ever contact you know somebody right, and and there are all these different you know, automatic value methods and things that people can find out what their house is worth and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's about relationships and, and um, having somebody that you can trust, it's going to give you the information you need to make an educated decision, especially in a frenetic, frenetic market is right now. And, and that's been the challenge for us as, as realtors over the last, you know, couple, three years is, is, you know, the, the information's out there. You know, we used to be the gatekeepers of all that information back in the day. You only found out about houses if you, you know, got with an agent. But when when that all changed and it went out to Zillow and Realtor.com and Homes.com and, you know, whoever, right, the information was gone. But but the the, the being the, the trusted advisor has not gone away. And, and that goes back to the athletics, you know, choosing a coach who you can trust who's going to do what they said they were going to do. They're not blowing smoke in your face, you know, and, uh, and they're going to, they're going to treat you, um, you know, just like every, every player on the team. And, you know, from a real estate standpoint, what, that's what we're trying to do all the time is build relationships and, and build that trust that we want what's best for you, whether you're buying or selling, we want what's best for you. And we're going to give you the information you need and educate you so that then you can make the right decision for you versus just going out there and getting information and not having any idea, <laughs> you know, and the same thing with the NIL, same thing. You get all the information about NIL, but unless you've got somebody who's walking alongside with you and, and consulting with you and that kind of thing, and you, you get the wrong person speaking in your ear and uh, that can be disastrous. Really can be no question about it. Um, I know you're affiliated with the fellowship of Christian athletes. So uh, you, you guys got any things coming up soon? that uh, anyone interested might? Uh... Yeah, um, and I wish I had the actual information, but uh, later this month, um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here at the University of Virginia um, is having a dinner. I'm pretty sure it's at Alumni Hall, and uh, Coach Elliott's going to speak uh, at that dinner, and I'm, I'm really excited about uh, hearing him uh, speak for the first time at that. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Wolf, who I love, you know, Blanda is just such a great guy, he tweeted the other day about, you know, he was someplace with, with Coach Elevin, and he said, you know, the best best Division One football coach in the country. And I, I direct message him because, you know, we know each other. I said, what did you mean by that? I mean, was that just, you know, you know, a recruiting, you know, whatever? Because uh, I think he's a high school coordinator. I think that's his, his role. Mm -hmm. But um, he said, I just never met anybody like him. 
you know, that he was in that room and he was talking to X's and O's, but he was really talking about life and, 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 and things like that. I think he's a, I haven't met coach Elliott personally yet, but I, I've heard he's just an incredibly special guy. And, um, uh, and so, um, uh, George Morris, who's, you know, the, uh, head of the FCA here at the university and now, you know, expanding out into the Blue Ridge area, uh, has, has got him to, uh, agree to speak at the, at that event. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank even on the FCA um, uh, website right now for the local area. But, um, but uh, you know, you absolutely can sign up to, to be at that dinner. They do a silent auction prior to it, and it's a lot of fun. And, and just to get a chance to, you know, see Coach Elliott in kind of a different place and hear what he has to say, I think it's going to be pretty special. I'm sure he's an inspiring speaker. And I can tell you, uh, having been around him several times now, uh, once informally, uh, he's just as genuine a person as you'll ever encounter. So, uh, if you can't, if you ever have an opportunity to be around him out there in listener land, um, take advantage of it because you won't regret it. Well, and I think, you know, Jerry, quite honestly, you know, and we were talking about before we came on today, um, you know, that's one of the cool things about, about UVA, um, and that is the, the, the caliber of coaches and the caliber of, of agents, uh, I mean, of, of athletes that are here. Uh, we did a sunrise service on Easter morning in the UVA amphitheater. We were doing, doing it for a number of years uh, in honor of a guy that you knew well, Jerry, uh, Frank Burkhead. And yes. um, it, it was Frank's idea. And uh, we were working on getting it done. And then doggone it, he went, you know, went and, you know, died in his sleep prior to us having the first one. But I told Jackie that we were going to, you know, do it. And so we've been doing it now for several years, obviously missed uh, COVID. We did it virtually last year, but we were back in person. And, um, and Tyler Wilson, you know, for anybody that says sports, uh, you know, understands UVA sports, a tremendous UVA. Uh, he's on the Hall of Fame at the UVA baseball uh, field and uh, had a great, great career. Well, he shared his story and, and he's just one of the finest, you know, young men you're ever going to meet. And he's just an example of just all the amazing uh, athletes with character and the coaches with character um, who who make up not only the the folks who are here now but alumni and former coaches and I I'm just really proud to be from a school that you know I've said to Dirk on a number of occasions I could take my hat off and you could put all the names of coaches in in my hat and you could pick one and I'd be just as happy to have him represent me and talk to a group of people than anybody else because they're just almost to a person. Uh, just, it, you know, extraordinary. And I, I haven't met the new uh, UVA women's basketball coach yet, but I, I've heard the same thing about her. I met CJ, one of the assistants. He's a really sharp guy. And, um, you know, I just, I think we're so lucky that this place attracts such fine people. Totally agree. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking part of your day and spending it with us. Uh, we appreciate you and what you stand for and what a great member of this community you are. I know you love giving back and uh, uh, I know the community appreciates people like you who uh, give their time and the efforts uh, to try to make this a better place. And so thank you. And uh, thank you again for uh, joining on as a sponsor. We, we appreciate you here at jerryratcliffe.com for sure. Uh, have a great weekend. I hope you get to see uh a little bit of athletics and uh, yeah, Chris, maybe I'll see you at the ballpark today. And for anybody that's interested in that FCA event, the, the website is fcauva.org.
fcauva.org. And I'm sure they've got information there in regards. I think it's uh, later this month, later, later in May, I think is when it is. So you've got plenty of time to get it on your calendar. Awesome. Thank you for looking that up. Thanks guys. All right. We'll see you soon. I right, appreciate y'all. Take care. Thank you. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Welcome back to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. We just uh, wrapped up our great conversation with Michael Guthrie and um, good stuff there. Big weekend uh, on grounds at the university. Uh, I mentioned, Jerry, that I'll uh, uh, be heading over here not too long from as we're wrapping up recording in a little bit. Uh, UVA baseball, big weekend series with North Carolina. Also, the women's softball team in action uh, with Pitt coming into town. And and uh, they won a game, uh, one of the three games last weekend with Virginia Tech. So that's a, that's a team that's playing pretty well this year, much better than he did last year. Uh, the the uh, track and field event going on too. But yeah, the baseball series this weekend, um, big one for the Cavaliers uh, after a, a couple of rough weeks, losing seven of the last nine games. Yeah, uh, uh, nobody saw that coming as hot as they were and well as they were playing. And I guess the thing that probably has ruffled uh, Coach O'Connor's feathers as much as anything is some of the uh, errors and uh, bases on balls that uh, his staff has given up because those are the things that, to the staples of his program being successful over the years is good defense and good pitching because he knows the offense can come and go, sort of like uh, Tony Bennett in terms of uh, offense, it's not always there, but as long as the defense is there, you've always have a, have a chance. Uh, same thing in baseball. You don't make errors, you, you and if you don't walk people, you have a good chance to win most of the time. So uh, I'm sure that's something he's focused on and trying to uh, get these guys back into the flow of, of the baseball they were playing prior. Um, a lot of – I haven't seen a lot of their – games in person i've seen some on tv uh a lot of people seem to think that they're because they were hitting the ball so well early and and it, michael touched on it too that you know people might be pressing but people think that they're maybe swinging too hard being too aggressive trying to knock everything out of the park i don't know if, if you agree with that or if it's even uh what uh, is a problem or not but uh apparently that's what a lot of the fans have been commenting on that I've seen on message boards and <laughs> well fans on message boards like to say but you know they liked it when the, when the hitting was going well uh you know what 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 were they doing right and what was what leads to this and when things are going bad everybody's got the answer um you know I, I look at it like the pitching has been a, a question for me even dating back they, they won the series with Georgia Tech a few weeks ago won two out of three but in that series they gave up a, a bunch of runs the starting pitching really started to collapse at that stage Brandon Neek was the opening day starter for this team uh, back in late February, and he's now in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, that that's the first kind of sign of things going south a little bit. 
Nate Savino's ERA is up close to four. He's at 3.83. He's got 15 walks and 49 innings pitched. That shows that his, his walk count's going up. Brian Gursky's been consistent, 6-0 record, but his walk numbers are also a little bit off the charts, 21 walks and 41 and two-thirds innings. Jake Barry's now the Sunday starter, at least four now. Um, after Brandon Neek was was your Friday night starter, then he became a Saturday and Sunday starter. Now he's in the bullpen, and Jake Barry has moved from Saturday to Sunday now in the in the rotation, and and he's had some issues with walks. So between that, you're you know, and, and walks can be a function of the defense being an issue. You know, you, you kind of like we'll talk about football in a minute in, in terms of how the game is complementary. What the offense does affects the defense. What the defense in baseball does, if, if you're starting to worry that, man, you know, the ground balls that used to get snagged up by the infield now, they're not as good. Maybe I need to strike some more guys out. You know, you start getting fine with your pitches. You start walking more guys. I think that it kind of cascades there, too. So it's not just hitting that can cascade. I think it, pitching, and, uh, pitching and fielding can go together, too. And in that context, it's a, it's a huge series. Uh, Virginia, now the pitching matchup should be Virginia's advantage this weekend. You look at, uh, you know, both the Friday and Saturday starters from North Carolina have ERAs at or above four. They don't even have a Sunday starter announced. This is a Carolina team that's struggling right now. They're under 500 in ACC play. It could be a chance for Virginia to get back um, and, uh, you know, get some positive swing momentum going here, positive muscle uh, memory going here. Uh, we can expect the crowds to be big with the big weekend on grounds. Uh, you know, uh, Brian O'Connor was on our podcast a week and a half ago talking about the record numbers. Then we got great weather this weekend. And so, you know, maybe that the, the, the crowds will give some positive energy. The players will feed off of it, that kind of thing. But, but yeah, this is a big series for this team because another losing weekend and, and this team could really, you know, kind of, it, it can really snowball from here in, in, in the wrong direction. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Yeah, and it would be a good time to catch fire again, too, because they've got big home series uh, coming up with Virginia Tech and Clemson, I think, later in the season. Uh, I think the majority of their the remaining games are at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, um Good time for them to reignite and uh, catch fire and, and end the season the way they started it. Yeah, and, and this team, you know, when this team was 26-3, and three, and gosh, Jerry, I hate to think that, that there's a Jerry Ratcliffe show jinx. We had Brian on when this team was 26-3, and three, and they've gone 2-7 and seven yeah. since. Um, we don't want to start that rumor. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, he said that he thought this team would take a couple of punches in the mouth, and he wanted to see how they respond. Right. I still look at this. I mean, they're ranked still in the top 16 in the country. You know, generally the top 16 teams get get uh, buys. They get to host a regional. This team has the talent. They're going to host a regional. It's it's going to take really even more, much more of an implosion for this team to fall out of hosting and, and be a number two seed in a regional somewhere else. 
So, you know, I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, what Brian O'Connor really needs to focus on is not so much, I mean, yeah, let's win some games, let's get some positive momentum going here, but let's get this pitching worked out. You know, let's get the starting pitching solidified. Let's figure out who our, our three guys are, maybe even work on who a fourth guy can be just in case in that regional round, you lose a game. Uh, and you need to pitch a fourth guy. You don't want to have a staff day or two like last year. Virginia did great last year. They have great depth in their in their bullpen, but you don't want to have to have three, have three or four staff days to get you know, to Omaha. So, um, you know, develop maybe a, four, a third and a fourth starter, and uh, and just get those bats going again uh, and, and get them consistent again. And it's only mid-April. I guess it's getting later April now, April 22nd, as we start this weekend series. But there's a month of regular season. There's ACC tournament. Uh, and then there's NCAA tournament. That's when the games count. The NCAA tournament games, you can't afford to have hiccups then. So, you know, get the pitching in line. You know, figure out who your seventh inning guy, your eighth inning guy, your ninth inning guy are. Uh, get, get your bench some at-bats uh, and, and get positive going into that stage. And I think this team will be just fine. I, I'm not ready to throw in any towels. I know that, you know, on message boards, people um, go from highs to lows pretty quickly. But, uh, I think this team has the talent. They've shown it. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of building things from where from where it was and, and forgetting these last two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really read message boards, but I uh, I, I am active on Twitter, and it, uh, <laughs> I see that all, all the time, uh, exactly what you said. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I think these guys are going to get hot again. Uh, and I, I think this is the perfect time to, to do it. And I kind of think they will. I think this is going to be – where they turn the season around, just like uh, last year in mid-April, they they uh, they got hot and and never really cooled off after that. So I'm kind of looking for the same thing. Big advantage this year. Last year, getting hot meant we had to get hot. Virginia was 11 yes. and 14 when they got hot. This team at 28 and 10, it's a lot better position to be when you need to get hot. As far as that goes. Hey, let's talk some spring football. Spring football game is tomorrow at four o'clock. Uh, please go to the game if you can. Uh, it's it's uh, Tony Elliott and his staff want to have as much of a game day environment as possible for these guys. Uh, but if you can't catch the game uh, in person, it is on the ACC network, which is exciting as well. Um, Jerry, some of the storylines. What are some of the big storylines that you're looking uh, going into tomorrow's game, and, and what are you going to be looking for as far as uh, on the field play? Well, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll be writing a column about this uh, as soon as we finish the podcast. But, um, you know, I was talking to Tony yesterday, and he seemed to think that the offense has caught up with the defense, which uh, wasn't the case early in the spring. Um, and that despite the fact that they'd only have uh, eight healthy offensive linemen at the time, uh, at the moment. And, uh, of course, a lot more are on the way via transfer portal and uh, freshman coming in. So, uh, that'll change things in training camp, but, uh, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see just the, what the new offense looks like. I don't know how vanilla it may be because, uh, it, the game will be televised and I'm sure their, their opponents this season are going to be videotaping that just to see, uh, what Virginia's new offense is all about. And I'm, I'm anxious to see, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much they'll reveal, but you know, you got so many influences coming together on this offense with Tony coming from Clemson and Des Kitchens coming from the Atlanta Falcons of the NFL. Uh, of course, Marcus Higgins was here before with the receiving core. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the 
what it looks like and what their philosophies are. We won't learn all that tomorrow, but we may get a hint of it. Um, also, uh, eager to see uh, Armstrong. Just uh, I, I don't think he may be throwing the ball as deep as often as he did last year, but be, uh, they'll ask him to throw more shorter and mid-range routes. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Taylor Lamb uh, has helped him with in terms of accuracy, although he's already been incredibly accurate uh, the last two seasons. Um, I guess defense is the big question mark in everybody's mind because it was atrocious last year, uh, giving up huge chunks of yardage, uh, couldn't stop the run, gave up so many big pass plays. It was uh, embarrassing. Uh, John Rudzinski brings in a different uh, frame of mind and a different kind of defense. There'll be multiple from – I think we'll see anything, maybe not in the spring game, but come fall, I think we'll see anything from the 3-4 to a four-man line to a five-man line to maybe even a six-man line at times, 3-2-5, um, 3-4. Three, three, um, not as much blitzing maybe as we saw under uh, the Mendenhall regime, but more timed, timely blitzes. Um and it'll be interesting to see if they've they've progressed in, in run fits to where they can stop giving up uh, being gashed for big runs uh, between the tackles. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we're going to be looking at all that and uh, just just uh, curiosity if nothing else, right? Curiosity, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think one, Des Kitchings might have addressed this yesterday. Um, I, I don't know one, one of the two. It was either him or Tony Allen, but I think it was Des, the offensive coordinator. Um, he was asked, uh, so you know, you, the game is on ACC Network. Are you going to, you know, be vanilla? He, he pretty much said, yeah. <laughs> she don't even trick plays or anything like that, um, so that anybody has that on film. But um, yeah, you know, the, the the play calling, we won't see a sense of this tomorrow. We, we might, some of us, you know, might do some numbers on this just to get a sense. But last year, um, and it's, I'm not looking at just the the results, like running play, you know, plays that win as running plays and then plays that, plays that win as passing plays. That was closer to 60-40 under Robert and I last year. Looking at just what was called, the, the, play, the plays that were called, not because in college football, uh, sacks count as runs. Of course, scrambles do too. Seventy-one percent of seventy-one point nine percent of UVA's uh, plays from scrimmage offensively last year were intended to be passes. Um, the sacks and the scrambles turned that number down in the lower sixties. But you know, looking at Tony Elliott's numbers last year when he was offensive coordinator at Clemson, it was almost exactly 50-50. It was something like fifty point three percent to forty nine point seven percent as far as plays called, um, pass to run. So. Um, and what that does, I mean, you know, I, I think Des was asked this yesterday too. Do you think that Brandon Armstrong is going to be the, the guy who leads you in, in rushing attempts next year? He's, I hope not. <laughs> um, that's never a good sign. That's never a good sign. In the last two years, he's been that guy for Virginia. And Bryce Perkins before that was was a, a key guy in the running game. Um, you know, what, what you're, so you get more out of your running game and you get more than you're going to see plays next year play action passes remember the george welsh era the play action pass is going to come back i i, I did, got this number from pro football focus jerry 
Last year, only 15.9% of Brennan Armstrong's dropbacks were play-action passes. And I thought, and I couldn't believe it was that high. I mean, play-action passes out of the shotgun, because obviously he took all the snaps out of the shotgun. And on those passes, now, so, you know, we didn't use it very much. And it's out of the shotgun. But on those passes, he had a 136.9 NFL rating, not college rating. Those ratings are high for everything. The NFL rating was 136.9. He was 59 of 85 for 962 yards, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions on play-action passes. We're going to have a lot more play-action passes because you'll have an actual running game. Um, they are going to go under center. They are going to mix in, you know, under center with shotguns. And you're going to have two tight end looks, sometimes three tight end looks, sometimes no tight end looks, just like last year with, with four or five receivers on the field. But it's going to be a multiple offense. It's, you, you knew last year. If the ball, if it was first and goal inside the 10 yard line with a minute to go against Virginia Tech, we still had to throw the ball. And, and that's why, you know, the offense was top five in the country in total offense, but was nowhere near even top 20 in total scoring because off, the offense would often bog down without the running game. That's going to change this year. We'll see a glimpse of that tomorrow, but uh, definitely looking for improved line play and improved usage of the running backs. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, the fact that Brennan's going to be allowed to call audibles and check down and check out of plays uh, this year, I, I think is going to make him a more effective quarterback too, because he can see things at the line of scrimmage and uh, that maybe in the past he, he couldn't get out of because of the pre-calls, but I, I think he'll be more effective in, in that area too, which could make the offense more effective as well. Um, I, I got a good story about the vanilla thing uh, in spring games, but 1989, uh, I don't know. I still don't know why they did this, but George Wells decided that I was going to be uh, coach of one team in the spring game. And Warren Swain, the play-by-play -play guy for Virginia uh, radio network was the uh, coach of the other team. Uh, I had the, luxury of having uh, one of the best offenses in history uh, with Herman Moore, Sean Moore, Terry Kirby, and all those guys. Uh, I didn't have much of a defense, but uh, I did have an incredible offense. And Gary Tranquil was my offensive coordinator for that game. And he told me before the game, he, uh, well, one of, the, one of my own players told me, he says, we got a great offense, but we don't have a defense worth blank. Uh, so I figured scoring would be no problem, right, with those guys. And Tranquil came up to me on the sideline before the game, and he said, uh, I just want to let you know that Notre Dame has scouts in the stands here today because that's who Virginia was going to open up with in the kickoff classic. So we're not showing them diddly today. <laughs> so uh, if you wanted to make uh, Herman Moore, Sean Moore, Terry Kirby, and those guys vanilla, I don't know what's past vanilla, but that's what uh, we were that day. <laughs> and we lost, I think, seven to six. <laughs> so so uh, that tells you a little bit of something about when teams want to be vanilla because of uh, lurking scouts uh, checking out your spring game. So I don't know if it'll be that bad, but I, I guarantee you they won't be showing a whole lot. That's that's the so that's what you have to think tomorrow, UVA fans listening in. Um, if you or if you're listening after and you're listening to this and trying to figure out what's going on here, why, why was there what was the score seven six in this game? Um, it may be by design. Um, <laughs> it may be by design. Uh, that's funny how that goes. Hey, let's talk a little bit of basketball. We talked earlier with Michael Guthrie, Jerry, about the uh, Kihei Clark news. Um, 
that might close the book on what I call the silly season. Uh, I'm borrowing that term from NASCAR, but uh, the silly season of UVA basketball after the loss to St. Bonaventure, you know, Tony had his meetings with his guys. Uh, we had, we saw some transfers leave. Uh, there were reports of lots of traffic on the jerryratcliffe.com website for the various reports of um, uh, guys that uh, Bennett and the staff were interested in had coming in for visits, that kind of thing. But um, it may be at this stage that things are done with Kihei, Kihei and, and Jaden Gardner both coming back. Um, there, there may it may end up being the case that there's just no room for any transfers at this stage. Yeah, I thought everybody was coming back uh, except for the guys who did leave. I, I was not surprised by any any of those guys leaving, but I thought everyone else would be back. And uh, thanks to our uh, colleague Scott German, I think you know, I think we tipped off the Virginia fan base before anybody did that Kihei was coming back because Scott had talked to Kihei's parents prior to senior day. And they told him that Tony had already invited Kihei back and Kihei had accepted and it was a done deal. So um, I don't know why they tried to hold us in suspense so long, but uh, it sounded like it was already over. The decision had been made before the season even ended. Yeah. Um, I, for one, and I, I think you're with me on this, I, I, believe that it's a good thing that Kihei is coming back. I'm a great believer in experience uh, that can make up for a lot of other things. Uh, you've got your five re uh, leading returning scorers coming back from a team that won 21 games uh, who really didn't come together until late in the season because there were so many new working parts and people playing uh, major roles that they had not played in before. Uh I guess the biggest growth by anyone was Bigman, the most, and man, Shedrick, he was one of the most improved players on the team as well. The other guys had to learn how to fit in and play together. So they, they've got that behind them. That's under their belt. And now it's a matter of working in the new guys, uh, the freshmen. I agree with you. I, I don't see any playing time uh, available for potential transfers. And I know there's still guys entering the transfer portal as of uh, yesterday. Uh, around the country so uh, who knows what's still out there but uh, Sam McNeil the guard from West Virginia is visited uh, I think he's uh, doing some other visits this weekend uh, same with uh, Ben Vanderplas from Ohio people Virginia fans will remember him from the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago um I just don't know where those guys would play. I mean, you've got uh, pl plenty of guys in the backcourt. Um, and then, you know, uh, maybe Vanderplas could come in, but yeah, how many minutes is he going to get? Because he and uh, he kind of plays that wing uh, anywhere from a wing to a big forward, I guess, depending on what the lineups are like. Uh, there's just not a lot of playing time there unless somebody gets into a slump. Uh, yeah. I saw the key. Jerry, you mentioned it during our talk with with Michael Guthrie, and I think uh, it, it was it was a great point that the, the Twitter and the message boards we had. We, you you and I both, as it turns out, had discussions with people uh, about the Kihei part. And 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 you know, my question that I would throw to people when I would engage in these discussions was one: um, who plays backup point guard for this team? Because Reese Beekman can't play forty minutes a game. Um, do you, when he plays his 35 and when he's sitting out the other five minutes, does maybe Isaac McNeely play point? Does maybe Armand Franklin play point? 
maybe Dean Murray play point? I mean, no. I, I think the answer to all those three three questions is no. Those are all two guards, maybe even small forwards in, in, in Tony's system. They're, 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 that's the same position, essentially. Um, so, no. Um, you need you need Kihei back, if nothing else, to to have someone else to run the team that with experience. You know, one, one person asked me, well, why don't you find someone on the transfer portal? Are you going to find someone on the transfer portal with four years of starting experience, a national championship ring? He's a double-digit scorer, four, four to four and a half assists a game. 36, 35% from three for his career. Uh, are you going to find somebody better than that on the transfer portal? The, 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 Kihei is the best transfer portal guy you could possibly have as far as that goes. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it, it, so I, the, the folks out there, I don't know, you know, he's 5'9", he can't change that. Uh, he's, he's a great defensive player. Uh, if, if, you know, what happens here is, if Kihei earns 35 minutes a game next year, it's because he's earned them. And it's also probably because other guys have not overtaken him. Maybe you know, if Tane Murray improves and earns minutes, that's going to take away from Kihei's minutes and, and Armand Franklin's minutes a little bit. If Isaac McNeely comes in and earns minutes as a freshman, he's going to take away again from Franklin and, and Kihei's minutes. And if, if, if what we end up getting is 20 to 25 minutes of Kihei, like his freshman year, and he's able to play even more intense when he's in the game. That's better for Virginia. And if he's playing 35 minutes a game, it's because those other guys haven't haven't stepped up. I look also at Isaac Trout. He's he's a guy that's going to be a guy that's going to be in the mix for this team next year. I have to figure with his 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 height, his length. He's six ten. He's a three point three point specialist at, at that size. He can you know face up and score in the post that way. He's uh, got you know got long arms, a good defender. Um, he's going to play, he's, he's going to push Francisco Cafaro for minutes. So if he earns minutes and, and Cafaro gets less, that's great. And if he doesn't, it means Cafaro's gotten better. So, you know, this team has six rotation guys back. It's got Tane Murray back, who's been a year in the system. And it's got at least two guys, the two Isaacs, if not including also then Leon Bond and Ryan Dunn to, to, they have 11 guys competing for seven or eight rotation spots. They have all five starters back. No, no, I don't know, think anybody else in the ACC can say they have, they'll have five starters back next year. This is great news for Virginia. And, Jerry, it, it just threw me for a loop that so many people were not just negative, but so negative that, that Kihei is coming back. This should be something we should be jumping up and down about. And I am, and it sounds like you are. And I, for those who aren't, you know, join the rest of us. This is great news for Virginia. Yeah, I mean, how many ACC coaches did we hear come into the press rooms after games this year and say, is Kihei, is he, is he leaving? God, I hope he's leaving. So he's been driving us crazy forever. I, I want to see him gone. So, uh, I mean, how much more of an endorsement can you get than that? Uh, Mike Krzyzewski gave him the highest praise. Yeah. Uh, after that great 25.7 assist performance he had in, in a near – sweep of uh duke you know he, he stopped him on the court in the layup line in the in the postgame sh- handshake line and then went into great detail postgame you know uh mike shashevsky is not one to just heap faint praise upon people so yeah it, that's exactly i remember josh pastner uh comes to mind immediately as as another guy jim uh, yeah jim Laird, yeah exactly he, you know kihei had had some had some down games this year too but but, uh, you know, another point that was made to me, Jerry, this was a fun one because it was so easy to refute. Someone made the great point that, well, Kihei hasn't won an NCAA tournament game uh, since the big three left. 
Well, neither did Trey Murphy or Sam Hauser or Jay Huff or Miami Diakite or Braxton Key. All five of those guys are playing in the NBA right now, and none of those guys won an NCAA tournament game at Virginia after Key, after uh, after the Big Three left. So I guess it's all Kihei's fault. It's, it's just silliness is what it got to be at, at a certain stage. Yeah, I kind of think uh, this this next team that we're going to see, I think it's going to be kind of like when Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy were freshmen. And even though they got uh, – they didn't really start until later in the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they got some playing time uh, early on uh, against non-conference opponents. I, I, remember, I still remember Ty Jerome – telling me that uh, after his – I guess it was the opening game of the season down in Greensboro against UNCG, and he played so poorly that he, he – when he got back home, he wrote a something on a piece of paper and stuck it on his mirror that I will never play that poorly again. So he would see it every day, and he I don't think he ever did uh, play that poorly again. But, uh, you know, I remember uh, – both of those guys, I think, played well at Notre Dame. I was there for that game in South Bend. Um, that's when their playing time, I think, really started in, to increase. But, the other, you know, as good as these freshmen are, just like Kyle, Kyle and uh, Ty were, you still got to prove it uh, when the live bullets are coming at you in, in ACC play. So I think it's kind of going to kind of be like that, that, Tony's going to go with these veterans, mix these other guys in to see what they can do. But they're going to have to earn their time on the court. And uh, I just think that's the way it's going to be. Well, and, and that was inarguably the second greatest recruiting class in Virginia basketball history. I, and I'm only putting it second because the class that had Ralph, that's always that's going to always be number one. Um, but that was Tony's best recruiting class, right? And you look at the numbers. I've got the stats up here. Now, Jay Huff didn't play that year. Um and neither uh, DeAndre was Richard. DeAndre Hunter, right? So, so DeAndre Hunter, the number four pick in the draft a couple years later, didn't even play that year. They both redshirted that year. Um, Kyle Guy played 34 games, seven starts, 18.6 minutes a game. Ty Jerome, 34 games, five starts, 13.9 minutes a game. So, for those who are concerned that, well, gosh, Kihei coming back, that that's going to hinder the development of those young guys. There's a, there's a process here. Um, and the difference with that, don't the one thing I would I would quibble with Jerry, the, uh, the comparison of those two teams, because I think there's a lot of similarities. Yes, get these young guys. Some, it wouldn't surprise me to see Leon Bond and Ryan Dunn redshirt this year, um, uh, and because there's just not a lot of minutes uh, at, at the positions they play, and they might as well not use the year, get stronger, even if they don't end up using the redshirt year down the line, and at least keep it as an option. Um, but for Trout and McNeely. Um, you know, they're, no, they're, they're, you don't walk into Virginia and start as a freshman. You just, Malcolm Brogdon didn't. Malcolm Brogdon averaged 6.9 points a game his first year as a first year player at UVA. Um, you know, the, the difference with this team is that team in 2016, 2017, London Parentes was back. He was the, the, the main guy back from that great group that won a couple ACC uh, titles, won ACC tournament. Uh, but also who guys who got minutes that year, Devin Hall, um, yeah, uh, he really he kind of stepped into his role that year. Uh, uh, Isaiah Wilkins stepped into his role that year. Started twenty eight games. Darius Thompson got fourteen starts. Jack Salk got thirty four starts. I think this year's team uh, and going into next year, you have five returning starters. Really, you could almost say six returning starters because at five at the five spot, you had Shedrick and Kafaro both splitting the starts almost fifty fifty. Um, 
So you got you got six guys who who played significant minutes for this team coming back next year, and you're adding in then these these freshmen and you and, and Tane Murray, who only had one really good game. He didn't get a lot of minutes after his one really good game, but that Iowa game, he was five of seven from the field, four of six from three. Had you know they were calling plays from out of timeouts, uh, and he helped get them back into that game from being almost down twenty points in the first half. So, I mean, you've got some guys. These guys don't have to step in. In 2016, 2017, we really wanted Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome to step up, and they didn't until later in the season. If if the two Isaacs step up, that'll be just a bonus because we've already got guys in those positions that can 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 take us through if if we need them to. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And the one of the arguments I hear is that Kihei coming back is holding back the development of. Beekman, I, I don't, I don't totally agree with that. I think Beekman's going to develop on his own anyway. And you know, what, what does it matter if you're playing two point guards at the same time? Uh, I mean, that's essentially what they relate to. Uh, Beekman's still going to put up his numbers because he's got the ball in his hands a lot, and and uh, he can create his own shot to some degree. Um, and he's a great passer. We've, he, he's led the team in assists for goodness sakes. We saw that it wasn't Kihei. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's going to hold uh, Bigman back because uh, Tony's going to let him uh, take as much of a role as he needs to in this team. 2019 team uh, that won a national championship had two point guards starting too. Um, yes, it did. And, and that team did okay. They, they, they actually have a banner hanging up there in JPJ because they started two point guards that year. Um, the flexibility. And Tony likes to play two point guard. Because yeah, and, and it it takes the pre- especially defensively, it takes the pressure off. I mean, with with Kihei in there, you can then have the freedom. And, and really, with Armand Franklin also being, he's close to an elite level uh, a defensive player himself. He doesn't get the attention because he's he's also playing with Reese Beekman and and Kihei Clark. But so if you if you put Kihei on the opposing point guard, then Beekman at six three with his length. Uh, he he plays much bigger than six three. You can put him on a shooting guard or a small forward, um, and and know that you're going to get some. And you do the same thing with Franklin at six four. So, you know, whereas if if Kihei's not there, then Beekman's got to guard the point guard, and then you're just you're 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 less you're you're less flexible defensively. What I think the key with that 2019 team was was defensively they were. So, I mean, we we looked the off, the offensively they were top five in the country in terms of offensive efficiency, everything else. But what I liked, I started calling the death lineup, you know, taking that turn from the Golden State Warriors team to the mid-2010s. Um, when he played, when, when Tony played uh, Jerome and, and Clark and Guy and, and Hunter and Key, and anyone could guard all five positions, especially those two bigger guys. The two six eight guys could guard guards on switches on pick and rolls. Um, they, could, they could guard bigs in the post. Um, that's when they played those guys together for the eight or 10 minutes a game that they played together. Those were the eight or 10 minutes a game that Virginia won the game. And so that's what you're looking to develop. And Kihei Clark gives you similar flexibility. Um, I, I, I don't know how many times that year, Jerry, I saw Kihei Clark sub in for Jack Salt. Um, you never see, you never see a five, nine guy subbing in for a six eleven guy, but Tony would do that because he, he had, that gave him the ability to maneuver his chess pieces on the board. And I, he's looking for that next year as well. Yeah, and, and I know they didn't have a lot of options this year, but uh, late in the season and particularly in the postseason, Kihei rarely came off the floor. Yeah, uh, I think there was one game that went into overtime in the NIT that 
he played uh, 44 out of 45 minutes, or maybe all 45. I'm not sure, but uh, it was rare for him to come out uh, late in the season uh, for the most part and, and the postseason. So, uh, you know, I, if he needs to be on the court that much, I think, you know, he, he's shown that he can do that. I looked at the box score of that game and it said 44 minutes. I don't remember him coming out though. So I thought 45 as well. No, the key to this team next year is, is can Murray and can McNeely and can trout. I'll throw him in as well, but especially in the backcourt can make, can uh, uh, Murray and McNeely press for minutes at the two and three. Um, and can they get, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. Uh, and if they do, that answers the question about Kihei Clark's minutes. I mean, and honestly, it, it, it makes his team better overall. This, this year's team, uh, you, you've got way too many minutes out of your, your, your key guys. And you, you have to worry when you play, you know, looking at the, the stats here. Um, uh, Clark played 36.0 minutes, 0.0 minutes a game. Beekman played 35.1. You know, when when your guys are playing that much, it it adds up. The wear and tear adds up, and when you get into March, it adds up, and it can be a problem. And so, if we can get those numbers down, and they're only playing thirty one or thirty two minutes a game because those other guys are stepping up and earning you know ten or fifteen minutes a game, um, that's only going to make the team better. The benches get shorter in March, especially in the part of March with NCAA tournament games. But uh, you know, if you have to wear yourself out to get there, it can be it can be a struggle. So we want those guys to earn minutes. We don't want a six man rotation next year. We want we want a nine man rotation. If if those guys earn the minutes, they 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 uh, that that's great for Tony. That's great for Virginia basketball fans. I totally agree. And uh, if you look at that national championship team, they had they had those kind of guys. They could. Yeah. They, uh, nobody had to play those kind of minutes in most cases. Well, so it should be a fun weekend on grounds. Uh, tonight, uh, I'll be heading over here just a few minutes, it seems like now. Uh, heading over uh, baseball, uh, the uh, number 11 Virginia Cavaliers hosting the first of a three-game weekend series with uh, North Carolina. As we speak, the softball series has already uh, begun. Uh, Virginia hosting Pitt. The uh, track and field meet is going on all weekend. They started last night, actually, with the throwers. And, uh, and then tomorrow, 4 o'clock, spring football game. Get over there if you can. If not, it's on ACC Network. I think the Sunday baseball game is also on ACC Network. Uh, and it's, the other two games are on ACC Network X. So uh, a lot for Virginia fans to get out and see. Great weather to get out and see it in. So no excuse not to get over and, and, and take in something. Absolutely. It should be a fun, fun weekend. So get out and enjoy the weather and some good sports. We want to give one more thanks to our sponsors, Jerry, as we get ready to sign off. Yes, uh, UVA Orthopedics. Uh, I know you don't want to see those people, but if you need to, <laughs> you can't find any better. So keep them in mind if you have an agony injury or, or, or worse. I uh, hope that doesn't happen to you. Uh, also, Greenberry Coffee, uh, the official coffee of jerryrackliff.com. Uh, just an incredible company. Uh, Built here in Charlottesville and now worldwide. Uh, gosh, uh, what uh, Sean has done with that company, he and his wife, uh, just amazing. And it's mind-blowing, all the products that they have for you to choose from. So check them out. And if you want to win free coffee for a year, uh, go to their ad on our website and click on it and enter. Uh, you'll be glad you did. And also the Aberdeen Barn. Uh, you can't get a better meal, so... Go by and see Angela and her brother and enjoy the atmosphere and a big, juicy steak. So uh, 
We appreciate them and also Howard Hanna, Oy Wheeler Realty for jumping on board as a new sponsor for jerryratcliffe.com and all of our under other great sponsors at the website. Uh, please let them know you uh, appreciate their support because we come to you free thanks to their generosity. Thanks to Jerry. Thank you for listening, everyone out there, and uh, everyone have a great weekend.